And welcome to episode four of the Technical Rapport. I am Dr. Scott Kowaleski. And I am Mike Blodgett. How are you doing today, folks? We have a great episode today. We are talking about uh, technical communicators' role in social change, social action, becoming an involved citizen, rhetors uh, in our communities. Our guest today is Dr. Fenobia Dallas, who will talk with us about her upcoming sabbatical project, Hear Our Stories. Um, and I think I want to riff off of something that we talked about early on in episode one about this notion of technical writers being just scribes, just folks who sit down and work within genres uh, and, and completely within convention and are, aren't able to um, problem solve or, or impact change in any way. And I think we try to dispel some of that myth early in episode one. And here in episode four, uh, we have a new hope. Yeah. Oh, nice little <laughs> reference there. Um, I like it. You know, to, to move forward. And, and I want to kind of uh, delve into more of the ways that our, uh, as technical communicators, we're able to uh, become involved citizens within our communities, within organizations we're a part of, uh, within our, uh, our, our workplaces. Right. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I want to go today. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. The, the whole idea of Technical writers as just scribes, I think, is a common misconception of what we what we are and what we do. And this is just from my experience as a senior in the program now. I've been able to, to flex the skills and the knowledge that I've gained from the program. And I've seen that out in the, the real world as not something that I've written, but engaging and interfacing with people and um, subject matter experts for that, for, for that, um, for that matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not just, it's not just writing. It's, it's beyond what we do. We, we offer insight. We offer uh, a very unique lens and scope into what an organization needs and how we can, um, you know, build off of that. So I want to maybe think about this along two levels here. One would be, uh, field specific. How are we thinking about the ways that technical communicators within the discipline, can help to impact change uh, and become involved rhetors and citizens within our community organizations. The second level then that I want to get to is, well, how does that manifest itself here in our curriculum and what ways and what are the courses and opportunities that students have afforded to them that encourages them to go out and become involved citizens uh, that can impact a variety of different kinds of social change. Right, definitely. And so I want to bring in this article. It's a 2009 article from Carolyn Rude called Mapping the Research Question in Technical Communication. And this is a direct quote from the article. She writes, the field uses the knowledge it has gained in pedagogy and practice in the world, but in turn, it brings back to practice and pedagogy new understanding about the uses of text and related communication practices to solve problems in social context. Pursuing questions about the role of writing in human activity, particularly as writing enables negotiation and policymaking, takes the field to its roots in rhetoric developed as a means for free people to negotiate values and power and to take action, end quote. So, uh, again, there's kind of a lot going on here, so I want to unpack it a little bit um, and, and, and explain why I like it so much, in part because what we are able to do as technical communicators is not just create and do things, right? I think this is something that we all have become aware of. It's a very central part of what we do, but it's not the only thing that we do. And it's what, uh, you know, I want to kind of break that myth as, as us, as technical communicators, just as scribes, uh, you know, and again, this isn't something that us as insiders recognize, but it's the way that we're perceived by many of the outsiders. Um, but instead we're reflective. We, 
take what we have learned in the practices that we've um, established and we think about ways that not only they need to be approved, but how they can help us uh, impact uh, our classrooms and our students and then how our students can go out and, and, and act those um, those ways of thinking and doing and being in their own workplace practices. And so it's this very reciprocal, reflective kind of approach. The second part of this quote, though, that I really love is the ways that we think about what we're able to do and contribute as technical communicators, bringing it back out into the community and uh, this this idea of taking action um, where we can serve as consultants. We can, ser- can serve as uh, uh, problem solvers and the ability to, to locate and identify where change needs to happen, where folks need to become involved, and how to get that done. Uh, to me, those are really powerful things that move us just beyond this myth of scribes into this uh, realm of, again, action takers and doers. Uh, and to me, Michael, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's almost like it's our responsibility as caretakers of the, of the field to not just sit by and, and do what we're kind of like what we're trained but as what and one of the things that we are trained to do is to be active and to be engaging in that that it's like a cycle you know it's it's a it's that little circle that once you enter you can't stop you have to give what you take it's it's like there's like a ratio of <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like i like, I like the idea of caretaker i think that that's a really great way to think about it too right yeah yeah it's 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 a responsibility it's it's you've been knighted and in, <laughs> in the in, as a technical writer and you must carry out that yeah. so in in you know, you might be asking, well, in what ways or where do these kinds of things take place? Well, there's a number of projects that uh, technical communicated, technical communication uh, pr- uh, professionals have undertaken. Uh, that's where I wanted to go with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that involve issues of environmental impact, uh, social justice and social issues movements, as well as uh, in, in in politics and policy and laws. And, and, and there's a, a, a big movement uh, within the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years in terms of plain language and how we can uh, work with, um, you know, making these complex uh, policies better understandable by the by the general public. Definitely. Um, and these are some ways that the work that we do as TC professionals allows us to impact the broader community and become involved rhetors with uh, our, our organizations and our communities. Yeah, definitely. I know I can speak to that working um, at the Dow Chemical Company. There is a lot of language that is, is very heavily, you know, it, it's heavy. It's heavy, for lack of a better term. And for us to be able to unpack that and understand who's using it, um, how they're using it, and to make that kind of plain language for anyone to understand so that they can do their job more effectively is a real-world application of that that simple idea. And taking it one step further, going out and then taking that information and giving it to the community in any way or facet that they that they need to digest that information, it becomes paramount that it's yeah the, that movement towards plain language is you know the readability of of something that's going out. It's very important. I see it all the time. So um, the other place where you might uh, be expected to go and work out and become involved in a community is in the internship course. And we talked a lot about the internship stuff in episode two. And so I won't belabor in terms of uh, how some of that works, but it's another opportunity for you to become involved uh, in uh, in a community organization perhaps or become become involved in, in problem solving for uh, some kind of professional in some kind, some kind of professional context. 
there's a couple other ways, and Michael, I know you, you've taken this course specifically, the RPW 320 grant mm-hmm. proposal writing. So yeah. may, maybe you could talk about your experience there before I jump into a couple other opportunities. So uh, again, RPW 320, which is one of our core courses in the curriculum, it's grant and proposal writing, is another opportunity where you can become involved uh, with a community organization, thinking about solving uh, social change and community, orga- and, and community issues. Mike, you yeah. mind sharing your experience from that course? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I had a great experience in that course. Um, we got to work with uh, Hillel here and uh, on the campus on campus, and we got to um, organize um, some of their activities and do like a call for action, um, call for papers. We got to do that kind of a proposal too. Uh, one of the, the the big things that I thought was was really interesting was um, the 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 grant writing section and trying to find a cause worthy, like something that you you felt passionately about and something that you really wanted to get involved with and then trying to understand what their needs are and what they're, what they're lacking in terms of funding and then go out there, do the research necessary and find them that money by going to different, um, different sites and finding out who's giving out grants when they're giving them out, what the requirements are and then being able to fund that actual organization. That's like you are doing bottom line kind of change there and you get to interface with those people and, and sit down and chat with them. And, I mean, that was that was awesome. But I also had the experience of having an independent study over the summer where I got to work with the um, Office of uh, Military Student Affairs mm-hmm. in a very similar capacity. So I've had a couple experiences working in the community. You know, if you can, could you talk a little bit about that? Because one of the ways that I want us to think about how we become involved in the community uh, and in organizations is – through the way that we're able to solve problems. And I know I was a part of that independent study uh, sort of as an outside observer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have a little bit of understanding of what's going on there. But could you talk a little bit about what some of maybe their, uh, you know, the the problems that they brought you in to kind of help address and how you guys did that? Yeah, well, that was a really interesting project. And um, it was really interesting being able to work with one of our other students here, uh, Tony Lang, who is a veteran and kind of understand what the the outreach need is for that uh, organization. So sitting down and talking with them and understanding uh, like what the, what veterans expect to get out of that organization and how there's like a Guelph between um, a bit of what they're trying to communicate and then a bit of how they're processing that. So I got to sit down and chat with them and, and take their, um, the it's like a, a booklet essentially of information, make it uh, down into like a pamphlet sized document and then um, understanding, like, okay, they have, they are like in, incredibly important to these veterans, and understanding like how they're gonna under like working between like subject matter expert and then the people that are producing the document. I think it was really interesting for me that I you have to incorporate so many different skills from the curriculum, you know, usability, the writing aspect. Um, working in the community organization. I mean, there are so many different skills that you have to leverage just for that one job or that one task, and it really prepares you for what it's like to to be in the real world. Well, and if I recall, there were some uh, constraints around this in terms of how you could portray um, uh, in in terms of certain images. Yeah, because there are certain images that they were producing that were specific to their, uh, their organization, and when you start using like the cardinal image, the the brand for the university, there are certain things, certain limitations you can, you know, you, you, there are certain colors you have to use, certain sizes and proximities, and yeah, th- that was one of the, the big limitations. Size 
um, their budget you have to consider, like how how big the document is that when it's going to be printed, double sided, color, glossy, you know, mm-hmm. all these different things. And then at the same time, you're thinking, well, how who who's the target audience and how are they going to use this thing? Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of make it so if it's like in a cargo pocket and. You know, oh right! Yeah, because right. you have to think like, okay, so they're going to be walking around campus. It's going to be, you know, it might be on a table at um at a different campus somewhere else, and saying like, look what we do here at SVSU. We work with you to get this this really cool stuff done. Um, we're right there alongside. Like we make it easy. And there was some negotiation going on too with uh, the client, right? Right. Yeah. And back and forth in, in terms of what her needs are, and and again, as you were thinking about the kind of reader users and the context of use that were going to be at play here, mm-hmm. and how you how you had to negotiate all those different dynamics. Well, yeah, I think because the most important thing is that the the client gets what they what they want. I think that's extremely important, but you have to find a way to sell your ideas, your creativity the 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 ways that the document's going to be functional um you have to find a way to align that with what they expect to get out of the document so you have to kind of learn the language a little bit speak to them you know learn well i think the biggest thing is like learn about the organization care about it and if they see that they're going to trust you yeah yeah um and so there's a couple other places within our curriculum i think uh that there, where that creates some opportunities or encourages students to become involved uh, in the communities and, 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 and think about ways that they can impact social change. One is through, uh, there's a lot of service learning opportunities and courses. I know in the past uh, I've had students working with clients uh, on a variety of different kinds of projects. The one that sticks out, maybe I'll draw on Michael because mm-hmm. I know you were involved with it, uh, was our uh, RPW 285, the Writing in Electronic Spaces course. And we worked with uh, a, a client uh, who was putting together a um, a, a, a private school in in Haiti, and he was actually a, a graduate of our program. And he came to us to look to help with some of the website design, and, and yeah. we thought that 285 mm-hmm. would be a natural place for that to occur. And so I enlisted the students in that class to. That was our big project, and we and we all we we formed small groups, and we all worked toward creating a web page that would be conducive to their mission and what they were trying to accomplish. And those are some ways where I think that we. Again, had to negotiate with what the client was looking for and what the kinds yeah. of audiences that we were. But I felt one of the things that really attracted me to that project was the way that we were going to impact that community there and the kinds of things that their nonprofit, that school, was going to be right. able to accomplish in that community. Uh, really cool stuff. Uh, the other big thing that this is a relatively new initiative, and we should get Dr. Bill back in here at some point in a future episode to talk with us about Cardinal Solutions, which is uh, a joint venture here, I guess, for lack of a better term, between uh, RPW department, the art department, and particularly graphic design, computer science and information systems, and the business uh, department. And we've got students from that represent each department collaborating together, working on problems, uh, working with clients on problems that uh, impact, again, our communities. Uh, and issues of social change. And he's talked about some really, really cool stories. So, again, I think we should bring him in at some point. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, again, this is another opportunity for students to get involved in uh, not just kind of these real-world projects, but opportunities to create some real change and, and, and become involved in, some, in, in, in a very social kind of way. So with that said, I want to go ahead and bring in Dr. Dallas to have her talk with us about her Hear Our Story project. So let's jump right into our discussion with her. We want to welcome Dr. Fenovia Dallas here with us today. Uh, Dr. Dallas is here to talk uh, with us about her upcoming sabbatical project, which is called Hear Our Story. Uh, you can check out 
the the interviews and the content at hearourstory.net. Uh, so welcome, Dr. Dallas. Welcome to the area. Hello. <laughs> Uh, so we want to, I guess, open up with giving you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the project, uh, what kind of things you plan on doing uh, from some of the conversations we've had. Uh, it sounds like a really, really great project. And so uh, tell us about it. Well, here our story is a concept that I came up with um, working with uh, one of my classes. I was teaching um, RPW 340, which is writing and community organizations class. And um, a couple of the chapters in the text that we were using talked about um, how local communities can re-involve themselves um, by sharing their stories. Um, very often we have such busy lives that we don't really know what everyone is doing. Um, and so this was a way for those people to not only share stories, but also look at the history of their area um, and use their stories as a repository for the area. Um, and in fact, this is actually a concept that NPR uses, Story uh, StoryCorps. Um, so in that class, I, I had a couple of students work with me on actually not only writing a grant proposal for this project, but also uh, helping me create a website. Um, what I'm going to be doing in uh, during my sabbatical is actually um, start compiling stories of African-American veterans from World War II um, and the Korean War, um, possibly up through the Vietnam War. Um, but my goal is, is initially to just simply catalog or track who they are. I know there are quite a few of them in the area. I, I have a military background myself, um, a Navy lieutenant. And, and so um, as a result of that, I, I can kind of connect with them a little bit. Um, my church um, normally has an annual sort of celebration for military veterans, and we usually pull between 75 to 100 uh, members. Um, and so I know they're here in the area. So my goal is to identify who they are and get basic information about them uh, and then uh, if they are interested, I would like to at least interview 10 of them um, and um, have them do uh, a complete a questionnaire, which gives uh, uh, will um, gain a lot of, I hope, detailed information about not only their um, time in the military, but also their personal lives. Why did they join? Um, are they originally from Saginaw? Where, where are their family uh, located? Um, and after their military service, why did they come back to the Saginaw area or why did they come to the Saginaw area? Was it job, family, um, et cetera? So I'm excited about that. Um, and then the final phase of that, I actually want to videotape, record their, them telling their stories um, and eventually probably put those stories together as a, some type of documentary. Well, that sounds really interesting. Um, have you uh, considered doing or have you looked into the uh, honor flights that they do out to D.C.? Um, that I think that's something great. But I think, again, for for what I'm trying to do with Hear Our Story mm -hmm. in the Saginaw area, I want to kind of kind of focus this in uh, the Great Lakes Bay region. OK, so stay. Okay. So uh, the, the honor flights are great. But I think that if we um, I, I think look at the history of not only the, the African-American military veterans here in the, in the Saginaw, Midland, and Bay County areas, um, but also look at other stories that resonate in this area. I think, we, you know, we want that here, our story project, to be a, a, a focal point for the region here. Right. So stay local, stay, Pretty much stay, stay within local. the community. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, and for me, I think that that's one of the things that really excites me about this project is the local appeal and the way that you're able to reach out to your to the community members and 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 tell their stories and make these connections and so you mentioned uh one of the ways to make those connections is is through your church and some of the activities that your church does how else how else have you thought about reaching out to some of the veterans in the area to get the word out and talk about this project well um 
I know um, Joyce Harvin, who actually runs a local radio show called uh, Community Connections. Um, Joyce knows a lot of people in the area. Um, I'm also working with some of the community organizations, uh, parishioners on patrol. They have a community outreach center. Um, and, and so, again, looking at what I would call the non-traditional ways of communicating with people, um, barbershops, beauty shops, mm. um, and word of mouth, really. Um, uh, and believe it or not, I run into a lot of the veterans at Meyer. <laughs> um, at um, uh, and other you know retail places because they're always either wearing their their ball caps or something or they just know me they see me and they and they know who I am um, and in fact um, one lady at, at my church who is not a military uh, member uh, veteran but her a friend of hers is she always sees me and she says are you ready for that project yet and let me know because I'll let my friend know so th- the the word is getting out. And I'm not overly concerned about getting the people. Right. It's a matter of trying to schedule their time with, with, with our needs. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So one of the things that we're talking about this particular episode is concerned with the ways that technical and professional communicators can reach out and become involved in their community and, and, and social and civic activities. And so I wondered if maybe you could talk a little bit about how your own scholarship and your own background in technical and professional communication is informing this project? Um, one of the things I've noticed in, in many technical communication publications, whether they're texts, uh, textbooks or just journals, um, their focus is very, I don't want to say dry, but it's very um, um, structured. And, and uh, very often because um, um, in our field, um, if you're not on the practical side to actually communicate with people in the workplace, not in the community, but in the workplace, then you're on the, the, the theoretical side. So the, it's that community side that doesn't get addressed a lot. We look at it in terms of maybe um, contacting the community when we're doing, say, internships or, or service work or, you know, those, those types of things. But for me, um, I look at the community as being part of, of what I do and, and who I am. And, and, and while my research in, in, uh, as a technical communicator um, is important to me, the community and the community's voice is also very important. And so my, my, my research is interested, is focusing on getting those voices to um, be heard, I guess. I, I actually created a, a community uh, uh, organization myself. I call it Center for Community Studies. And the goal was to um, uh, use that as a platform for people in the community to voice not only their concerns, but their interests. You know, very often, again, when we're doing internships or service learning projects, we look at it from the academic side. What can we help our students do to be involved in the community? But there's never, it seems to me, that two-way street. What does the community actually need and very often the community doesn't really know what they need. They assume that the folks who are in, you know, the university um, is going to be able to address their needs directly. And I find that there's that disjoint right there. Um, so the student goes out, intern goes out, does a service learning project, does an internship. Um, the people in the community, nonprofit, whatever, the recipient of that that knowledge. But then there's that bad taste left in their mouth because it's like, well, they didn't really do what. I wanted them to do, but no one really talks about that area right there. So that's where I'm trying to get to talking with folks in the community. What do you actually need? And then looking back to see how can we help them address that need, not us doing it, 
but helping them become more engaged and becoming self-sufficient about doing those things for themselves. I love this analogy of a two-way street, and it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, too. Uh, not just, uh, well, from from my perspective, I was thinking a lot about it from from internship coordinator and the ways that our our students and and are conducting their internships and getting out into the workplace, whether you know they're they're here on campus or in a nonprofit or, or other uh, organization out in the community, and and that two way street, I think in our field is is often overlooked. And and one of the ways that I think we can improve is yes, bringing in community members, whether they're internship hosts or just folks out in our community that have certain issues or problems or or concerns that they want to talk about, and how we can yeah be more open to listening them to them and their voices. Uh, so, you, you know, maybe taking a step back from the project, where do you see in our curriculum here in the department that students have opportunities to go out and work with students or excuse me, work with community members uh, on, on projects or, uh, helping them solve some of the concerns or issues that they might have? Well, you know, that's, um, that's not a difficult thing to address, but I think it's a bumpy thing to address. We have to look at something that we would see as a continuing process. It's not a one-time thing, a one-semester thing, a one-year thing. It has to be a continuing process. Um, even for me, I run into the same roadblocks. Um, recently, I was working with a community organization to um, conduct a series of grant writing workshops over a period of eight weeks. Um, I worked with the community organization to find people who, would in- who were interested in me teaching them how to write grants. Um, they actually located uh, six individuals with varying projects, um, and that worked out very well. I thought I'd wait a couple of weeks and then do another series. Well, things happen. Things change. People, you know, summer break, um, vacations, work uh, issues. And so um, I'm willing, but, and it's not that they're not willing, it's that Time sinks didn't work mm-hmm. out, okay? And is that because of their disinterest? No, it's just life happens, okay? What I see as a more effective way for us to to involve the community is, um, I think, something we had talked about before, something like some kind of, a, a, I don't want to say a, a boot camp, but a journalism camp or a writer's camp, and I want to kind of stay away from, you know, the writing center, things, but something we can do in in terms of being technical writers and having a week-long, not just um, high school students, but community people, Mm week-long, you come here and we talk to you about what technical writing is all about, what we do, and then you do something, um, whether you actually are bringing something with you to work on or something that you need us to to give you some um, advice on, but that type of connection, Um, because again, word of mouth is very important. Okay, Um, not just what can you do for me today or what do I need to have uh, uh, done, but word of mouth in terms of I went there, I went to SVSU, went to the Department of Rhetoric and Professional Writing, some great people there, and this is what I did. And someone else will say, oh, well, that's interesting. And then you won't hear from them for six months, but then all of a sudden they show up and they say, we've got 20 people who we want to work on this project. What can you do for us? So I think we have to also be as flexible in terms of the, the ebb and flow in the community for their interests. Um, and again, that's, that's a challenge. Um, we, we live on a cycle. We live on semesters, okay? Um, our semester begins, our semester ends. We expect the rest of the world to be adjusting to our schedule. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always work. Okay, so I think there's got to be that give and take in 
we can identify people in the community that can help us with that, but that may change. So again, it's not an easy thing to do. I've been working with community members ever since I've been here um, at SVSU since about 2005. And it's frustrating, but I know that that is where we need to be. Right. That's where our support needs to be. So yeah. As you were talking, the one thing I was thinking about is in nice scholarship, I think addresses this in a lot of ways too, but yeah, everything's not as nice and predetermined as a, as a nice, neat 15 week semester. And uh, as we know, issues and problems <laughs> don't ever stop. They don't, they don't adhere to any sort of schedule. And so yeah, I think you, you started, uh, you know, when you, when you're addressing the question, with saying something that along the lines of, um, you know, this, these are, these are ongoing things. They're, they're always happening. There is no time frame, and, and it's important for us to be flexible for a lot of that. Right. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm thinking of it from the student's perspective. So for incoming freshmen, um, students that they don't maybe know about the department, but they, they've maybe done some community service, some outreach, maybe some things with the United way, or maybe they, they grew up in the boy doing boy scouts or girl scouts. And they want to continue that that community outreach and they want to maybe find some kind of curriculum or a program that speaks to them and, and they can do some real impacting social change. Um, what kind of skills and knowledge would be useful for those students coming in? And then how would we be able to, to pull those those incoming freshmen into the department? Like, Well, I, I think there are a couple of ways. I mean, first of all, I think the department is going to have to create the program and we're going to have to be committed to the program. And and reality, from my perspective, it's going to have to be something similar to the internship program. Okay, um, we initially um, supported the internship program by simply doing independent studies. Okay, that that's okay after a while, but it gets kind of overbearing. So you institutionalize that as a course. Okay, for me, in the same way, in order to. Um, I think inculcate this situation or the, the structure of. Um, us continuing continuing to give back to the community or having venues for our students to work in the community, we're going to have to create a course. And it's going to have to be something beyond the 340 writing and community organizations. It's going to have to be, I think, a course that's going to be a little bit more flexible, but also a little bit more focused. Um, and I guess I'm trying to think of the, the umbrella we want to put this under, but I think it's going to have to come from our side rather than a community organization being the um, not only the stakeholder, but being the 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 um, organization that that moves it forward, we're going to have to do that. Okay, um, so again, from my perspective, that then will allow us to not only make roads in that community organization, but also connecting to high schools. Okay, um, guidance counselors, um, pastors at churches. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are the people in the community that community members look up to as leaders. Okay, and and their voices are going to be the ones that are important to either support our efforts or not encourage or not discourage people to to participate. But I think it's going to have to be a a um, a an involved process. And again, there's no one easy way because every what I've learned learned is is that every community is unique in terms of what. Um, their areas of interest are or or disinterest are and and actually for me then that's why I'm looking at this African American veteran project because these are people who have been in the community for a long time they have family here um, they have connections here and perhaps 
those individuals will be the ones that will help us generate something. Um, it could be something in, in terms of I can get enough of them interested to create some type of organization and create a nonprofit and use that as the venue for us to um, make inroads in the community. And again, part of that is just what do we do besides be a university? Right. What do we contribute? And so this is a, another way of doing that. And so, again, maybe those veterans have some ideas that I hadn't even thought about. Right. And so that's what I'm looking to to get their their insight. Yeah, it seems on. like w- word of mouth is a, is a very big, mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a vital tool for doing that. And, mm-hmm. and that just, it makes me think of the, the grant proposal writing course that we have, too. I feel like that is another a great way for students to get out into the community and start working with, um, you know, potential um, clients or mm-hmm. or. Uh, other you know community organizations that need a little uh, little help. Well, you know the university's made a real commitment uh, over the last few years here, particularly with the Carnegie de- designation of community outreach and community engagement. And I and I see this as something that's really an opportunity, not just as a uni- university continues to, to to develop more opportunities uh, for outreach and engagement, but for our department to do that as well. And in part, I'm thinking a little bit here about. Uh, the Cardinal Solutions, with which uh, Dr. Williamson is involved in right now, and and I love to bring him back at some point and mm. have him talk a little bit yeah. about that after they've kind of worked through this first iteration of that. Um, but yeah, but to to maybe even expand that kind of idea or or uh, maybe taking that idea on a different path and open that up to as a course or or something for all of our students to be able to participate in. And uh, yeah, I like your idea of making it structured but flexible enough where mm. folks can seek out. Uh, particular problems, and, and I think part of that flexibility has to be finding ways to allow that to extend beyond that 15-week semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I, I, again, that that's a limitation that we have, and if we place that limitation on the community, we'll lose that interest. Okay. Um, but again, it's, it's that's that's the challenge. How do we how do we deal with that? Um, if if people contact me in you know June or July, I may or may not be in the area. Yeah, it's hard to keep that momentum rolling. It yeah. seems like from semester to semester, and then especially during that summer that summer break, it's yeah. So so that that's the challenge. Um, so I guess moving away a little bit from some of the course related stuff, Doctor Doss, I wanted to talk to you uh, or get your ideas and thoughts about you know what do you see as uh, technical and professional communicators' responsibilities. To the community, in other words, you, you know, how should professional technical writers think about their ability uh, to get involved with uh, social or civic interactions? Well, I'm not going to say it's a tough question, but for me, it's a no-brainer. That that's that's what we do. If if we don't, as as technical communicators, as technical writers, if we don't um, show the way in terms of com- connecting with the community, then no one else will follow us, okay? Um, we can continue to go and observe and, and do research studies and, and do our internships and, 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 and our service learning and then leave. But, again, what, does, what happens with the community? What you run into is that uh, you run to um, person X, Y, and Z. Oh, yeah, yeah, they came here two years ago to do this great study, they took all the asked us all these questions. They they took all these you know uh, uh, surveys and things. We haven't heard from them since. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So this is not the type of atmosphere that you want to leave. Okay. With with the, that perception with with community. So so from my perspective, it's um it's it's living in the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Att- attending somebody's church service. 
there uh, there's got to be a there's a community organization um, activity attending. Don't just be there. Participate. Participate. I mean, literally, yeah. just participate. Um, um, they have a trunk or treat here at, at Saginaw Valley. Many of the churches do also. They don't celebrate Halloween, but they have trunk or treat. Okay. Many of the community organizations do the same thing. The goal is to get kids off the streets at night, um, and but also being able to celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, part of that is just going out. Sitting outside in the cold because it's <laughs> down to forty degrees now mm-hmm. at night, and for two hours, um, my church they do, they do it from six to eight. We you know we park our cars, open up the trunks, kids and and families come walking by. It's not just kids; it's families, it's friends. I mean, it's just tons of folks. Some are in costumes, some aren't. But the goal is is to let these folks know that we are interested in community we're committed to the community um and that's the start what's the next thing the next thing is when you see somebody in the grocery store oh i saw you at trunk or treat yeah yeah how you doing mm-hmm. and of course if you see me outside somewhere in public <laughs> my first question is you going to school anywhere right. mm-hmm. where are you going to school what are you doing what are you working here for what are you going to do when you finish here because it's the interest in terms of are you doing something beyond what you're doing now Mm. That, that just that little bit of encouragement, you know, questioning. Um, even students around SVSU would tell you, don't ask, don't talk to Dr. Dallas because she'll always ask you when you're graduating or when you're going to finish. <laughs> you know, that, that's important. Okay. Um, in other words, I don't expect you just to be sitting there taking up space. I expect you to be doing something. So I think taking that attitude to the community, what are you doing beyond this? How can you become self-sufficient? Well, I don't have a job now. What can you do to get a job? Do you have a resume? Do you have the job training? What job are you looking for? I mean, I don't know. Well, let's go out and see what jobs are available. What are you interested in? Those things. It's really interesting, I think, to think about. I always think back to 260, Intro to Professional and Technical Writing course. My assumption is those students have no idea what technical writing is all about. And so not only can I, uh, uh, should I not use terms they're not familiar with, but when I do, I need to explain those terms. Okay, so if I'm talking to someone about a job and they don't have the job search skills because they don't know what that's all about, I have to help them with that. If I assume that they have a resume, that's a bad assumption. Even my students in RPW 300 writing in their professions don't always have a resume. So how can someone in the community be expected to have a resume? Okay, let me sit down with you and show you how to put a resume together. Oh, okay, this is great. So what have you done in terms of a job? Um... Well, I haven't really had a job. Okay, did you volunteer somewhere in one of the community centers? Um, What do you enjoy doing as a hobby? Those things can go on a resume. Very often, young people, older people, they don't know that. Okay, the things that you're interested in, your hobbies, your interests, the things that you volunteer for. Well, I go over to um, the community center, and I don't play basketball, but I kind of watch the kids to make sure they're okay and that nobody gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. You could be a trainer. A basketball training because you can do those things. I mean, so it's those types of things that bringing that little bit of extra knowledge to the community that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, participate <laughs> and become involved. Yeah, and find ways to be involved in the things that you're already involved in. <laughs> and I really think that's a hallmark of the program too. Yeah. A lot of self starters, very involved, and and we're we're active. I think that that word is, is something that comes up a lot. Is that yeah. we're very active. Yeah. 
So we want to thank Dr. Dallas for her time today. Uh, the Hear Our Story Project at hearourstory.net, uh, as well as her Center for Community Studies. Uh, we wish her all the best in her sabbatical next semester, and we'll hope to have you back <laughs> on. Uh, you know, if you if you haven't completely disappeared, uh, to talk a little <laughs> bit about how the project's going. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you very much, Dr. Dallas. Thanks, Dr. Dallas. Thank you. And again, we want to thank Dr. Dallas for joining us this week to talk with us about her upcoming sabbatical project, Hear Our Story. Michael, what do we have going on in Episode 5? Episode 5, we are going to be talking about graduate programs, graduate studies, and we're going to sit down with a couple of graduates from the PTW program, Chris Scheidler and Aubrey Banning from uh, Louisville and Lubbock. Uh, Lubbock, Texas? Is it Lubbock? Lubbock. Lubbock. All right, Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Texas Tech, as, a, as it is down there, down south. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to chatting with those two. And if you want to reach us on Twitter, uh, please uh, tweet at us, at the Tech Rapport. That's at the Tech Rapport, R-A-P-P-O-R-T. That's right. Get it right or pay the price. (laughs) And we will talk with you all next week. Thank you very much. Later. Later.